Hello, welcome to Inner Mind Sports. This is Coach Lori, and we're going to talk a little bit about memory today. This is topic podcast number seven, and the title is Sports Holds Memories. So Coach Lori has interviewed my, for myself hundreds of athletes, coaches, and sports fans, and every single person can tell you about a memory of a game or a competition that was outstanding in their mind. Uh, they remember the most fine details. In fact, their brain seems to be reliving that moment as they speak. So what has been your personal best sporting moment? And maybe it goes way back when you were a very young athlete or just learning the sport. Some people will tell me about their very first goal or their very first save or their very first serve that went in court or the first time they actually landed on a green or the first time that they deck somebody in football. It's hilarious to hear sometimes the range of things that they remember, but it's uh, really important that we focus on memory and sport memory as a positive thing for the human brain. So it's been over eight decades since the first sporting event was televised, and that was in black and white television uh, across the world. And the sport, I don't know if you can guess it, but uh, the sport was baseball. So since then, sport has advanced, I think, tremendously because we film sport, we can watch it over and over again, we have instant replays, slow motion, Man, you've got things like split screen, 3D action, highlights. They're drawing figures on the television screen for you so that you can keep involved in the play. And those have all had an effect on the brain. Athletes can build better brains simply through this visual analysis that is now at their fingertips. So I have posed the question that in North America there's no long-term study on the effects of young children watching sport mechanics at a high frequency of repetition on the internet. Uh, it is very interesting and I wonder how we're going to analyze the rise of a young young child modeling a golf swing or contacting a tennis ball where they grunt and groan just exactly what they're seeing on the internet. Unreal hockey plays from little Timbits uh, breaking out a sophisticated dance routine and you are three years old. Complex motions in track, football, and basketball whiz kids. What is going on? Uh, these young children range, as I said, as early as two years old. But I have some happy news because we've discovered at Intermind Sports this slogan, and this is a research slogan. Um, if you can see it, you can do it. And if you can see it multiple times, you can do it well. The brain creates memory links through this high-frequency repetition. In Intermind Sports, our company has discovered that a positive sports memory has three main components. So if you're listening to this podcast, you, you might want to jot these down or at least say them out loud if you're driving or going places um, when you're listening to my voice. Number one, the activity, if it is meaningful to the brain at the time, you are highly engaged and interested. You love the sport you're watching or playing. This gives a huge memory spike to the individual. 
Number two, the sport, if you're watching and modeling it, if it's played at a high degree of skill, you are uploading great form. And this is what causes, say, the little ones to want to be their hockey goalie hero like Carey Price or to hit the ball across the net and just be exactly like somebody from Wimbledon. So number three, the person you are watching in the sport, if they are famous or admired, they become your hero. So these, these memories are poignant for people. So again, if we go through them, one, if the activity is super interesting in the brain, we create a heavy-duty memory. If the sport is done at a high degree of skill, it creates great interest to the young brain. And number three, if you're watching somebody you super admire and that is your hero, you have their pennants and their posters and their sayings on your wall, that's going to create a very deep memory. So we found out in performance on the internet that we can play things in slow motion and we can analyze the motion to figure out what errors there are. And we see a remarkable uh, increase in strength and power as we review the statistics and, and every aspect of the sport in the world, we see people doing this. So in the early stages um, of my career, there was no way that we would have had the stimulation. You simply had to remember the experience and put that into some storytelling event. So if you go back to some Stanley Cups in the 1960s or 70s, you will find that people going back to those eras will be able to talk about it, but they, they, they talk about it in, in an explanatory way. So I love the thought that the modern-day athlete can now learn from a screen as well as the playing field itself. So parents ask me if they should film their child playing a game or practice, and my reaction to them is this. Well, first of all, <laughs> ask your kid and athlete whether or not they want you to film them. And two, do they want your feedback? So often capturing that very first goal or the best routine um, that they did is a memory keeper. And, and yet you may not understand how potent that is to the human brain. If you can capture some of these awesome sports moments for your kids early on, um, you will find that they will upload that into an affect area that whenever they get under pressure, they might think about that first time that they did something really well. So sports memories build through experience. And sports highlights are positive transmissions in the brain for reactions and form. And please know that when athletes are watching themselves perform well, that they will have this memory chip forever. So I love a lot of my gymnasts, if I can film them doing a routine on the bars, for example, and they dismount and they have this solid landing and the hands go up in the air and they know it was a great performance. Well, the very first thing that they want me to do is upload that and send that in a text message to them so they can watch it all week long at school. So I want you to take a moment to think of a sports event, a game, or something that you played that you were involved in, and that brings joy and inspiration to you. So 
it might be the final moments of your team pulling through. The winning goal, the first time you ever stuck the movement, um, and you got it. So memories that are positive, memories that demonstrate improvement, memories that show success, all help with sports development. So please take a moment to write down your thoughts, I guess, today or this week about the best moments you've ever witnessed in sport, whether it's your playing or something you watched your child do or a family member. And now think emotionally about what that sports highlight did for you. Does this memory alone influence you or inspire you to do your best? So here's a quick little story to finish our podcast today. A number of years ago, a sports psychology uh, colleague of mine asked me um, for some help. And he was an Olympic uh, caliber coach, so I, I found that this was very interesting that he called upon me. But he phoned me and said, I have one of my Olympic athletes and um, this individual has just dropped the bike on the track and she's gone home and she won't communicate to anybody. Um, she won't pick up calls. She hasn't trained for a month. Um, she says that she's not going to do any racing and we're actually getting her ready for some time trials that are she's responsible for. So uh, I asked him if I did call her and identify myself. Would she just hang up or what would she do? But I guess my voice was encouraging enough to her that when I called her, she wanted to have a chat. She she actually laughed and said, um, you know, it's probably about time I do talk to somebody. So she found out through this mental task we did together of evoking a memory because my one key question to her was, when was the first time you remember riding a bike and riding it well? And there was a, a little bit of a pause on the phone, but then her voice kind of rose to this fresh, excited chatter. And she started to talk. And guess what, guys out there? She talked for 40 minutes about cycling straight. So the childhood memory allowed her to repl replace almost her present frustration. And she'd stopped training because she had lost a reason for daily sacrifices and worrying about trying to be the world's best cyclist. And her motto at the time was, when she went back to the track, we, we put it on a, in a sticky note that she looked at every morning and she said, I ride fast. Uh, because when she was a child and she learned to ride a bike super fast, she was faster than anybody in her neighborhood. She was crazy good on this bike. She showed no fear. And this is a true story. So this young lady went back to the track within a 72-hour hiatus. She talked to me one more time and said, Coach Lori, I'm, I'm ready to go back. And so it wasn't surprising to me at all that she had to reinstate the reason why she spends four years of her life trying to train for less than two minutes of a performance. So as easy as sports memories can be, when they're downloaded in a positive way, they stick with us for life. But here's the last corner we need to turn on this podcast today is that when you have a sports memory that is super adverse or negative, you lost, you didn't play well, you made tons of errors, 
In fact, you know, serious sports memories in our research readjust the brain. And they are super hard to deprogram that thinking. There's a high level of emotion attached to that ill performance. Some may say they got yelled at the coach. They were disrespected on their team. Um, And this can take a lot of therapy hours to switch the gears in not feeling bad about what happened. So often in interviews with players, we sometimes have to go to an adverse situation and say, let's face that now. You lost that gold medal or that championship and you were the person that um, didn't get the tip on the court and the ball fell to the ground and you could see it in slow motion following in front of you, says one of my volleyball players. So the key concept here is that we have to replace that super negative memory of sport experience with something amazingly meaningful, positive, and that it affirms positive play. So we're going to keep looking at this topic a bit more and join me on the next podcast to speak more about where memories come from. And once again, we talked about you athletes staying very safe, not putting up with a level of abuse, either from coaches, teammates, or even your own parents telling you what to do. You, you need to coach yourself. Your experience is through a memory bank of getting things done and doing them in a way that that skill set is yours and yours for life. I think this is why I have a passion to listening to athletes who may have super highlight reels that are positive. It's excellent and exciting to hear that they, how they got to their number one position or won a world championship or won their community tournament or whatever. Or, or maybe it's just that they created a bullseye for the first time um, or rode their bike without falling down. So for the Olympian, she went back to the theme that I ride my bike fast as a kid and that's why I'm here and I'm in best in the world to do it. So let's start building good memories. Let's start building ones that are positive and let's start looking in our next series of how we will release the negative ones, which takes a lot of mental care. Play safe today and it was so nice um, interacting with you and I'm so glad that you're on these podcasts with us for Inner Mind Sports. Send me an email. I will answer that no matter what at innermindsports at gmail.com.